0: Are we talking? We are talking. We are talking. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, people? Happy New Year, at least for me. I I just got back from a nice long uh, vacation. It wasn't supposed to be a vacation, but it was. Basically a whole month in Hawaii, and uh, I'm stoked to be back in the studio. I feel like a rookie again. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to have you back. It's been really funny
1: just like scrambling together things. And it, like on the one, I felt bad because I was like, I didn't, I didn't want you to feel like you're being like pushed out of the show. I was like, you're in Hawaii though, so.
0: Oh no, I was like, fine. I was like, I'm like, I'm not, you <laughs> yeah. in Hawaii. Well, you were in my house too, so. <laughs> yeah. It's I funny. I figured yeah. I had my in there. Yeah. I was like, check it <laughs> in. I was like, you don't have any
1: packages. Not gonna get
0: stolen. Just checking on. <laughs> actually, that was helpful. Yeah, appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. But it's good to be back. It's a little, little chilly. Um, but actually today's been nice. The weather's actually been great since I've been back. But um cali cali life's good i think yeah. everyone's back on the sand and uh getting good weather to start the year yeah uh, so no complaints yeah it's been fun to see everyone back
1: on the sand because you know i like walking up and down the strand yeah and uh oh, you it, see was, everyone. it was empty for <laughs> so long i was <laughs> right. like damn i just i'm not seeing anyone training
0: i heard there was a few teams that just didn't really stop too much though yeah well at i mean least on the men's side chase and troy
1: that's what i was thinking have ne- yeah have never stopped Chase plays more volleyball than I think anyone on the men's side. Interesting. Because he practices in the morning, and then I'll go out and see him at, like, 4 o'clock playing fours with some random people, and that's, like, every day. Chase plays so much volleyball. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Bold strategy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I think he'd be more of the opposite. I mean, it's really a personality type of thing. It's like, yeah. you know, the the Taylor Crab, where we see Taylor out there playing sixes, yep. fours, whatever, ace, all that fun volleyball, whatever. Um, if you have the personality for it and you enjoy it, like, you're also thinking, okay, I'm getting reps. I'm touching yeah. the volleyball, so I'm getting better. But for a guy like Chase, like, how many jumps does that guy have on the hardwood on his knees, plus surgeries? I think he had a surgery or two. I think that's what ended his NBA career. And now he's just getting, yeah like, for fun reps. And, and I know his strategy probably is, like, I'm gonna go out and just get more touches than anybody this off season, yeah. and just be, you know, that much better going into the next year. It's just a different strategy than yeah. Mine. We, we were uh, we were practicing with them on Friday,
1: and I was asking him about it. I was like, dude, you, you never really stopped, and you're always playing force. And he's like, I I just play until my body starts to, you know, get agitated, and then I'll stop playing, and then I play more. And he's like, mm-hmm. my body just hasn't been agitated since I started playing beach.
0: Right, he's Cause, uh, he's just hurting for yeah. real.
1: Yeah. that's what it reminded me of when we had uh, when we had Dodd on the mm-hmm. podcast, and because he, him and Hovland would go play in Italy for like five months, and mm-hmm. then come back right when beach started, play yeah. beach, and then right when beach ended, they go back to Italy. And Dodd was like, "Dude, after you go play indoor, the sand is a gift from the gods. Yeah, he's like, nothing can hurt you. Yeah, so I feel like that's probably how Chase is because not only is it hardwood." He's not getting beat up by, like, seven-foot centers. Right, (laughs) yeah, getting getting elbows and all that. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, it's good for that team, too, because I know Troy doesn't have much reps on defense. Mm -hmm. He's probably playing full-time defense, right? Yeah. That's pretty crazy for a guy that touches higher than me to be on defense. Well, he's so freaking twitchy. Oh, yeah. He just
1: makes these – obviously, he's not, like, a super – fundamentally sound defender just because he hasn't right. been back there much yeah. and he just hasn't been playing volleyball that long Yeah, but he just makes these plays because he, he's just so fast and athletic and twitchy that you're mm-hmm. like I didn't think you'd,
0: you'd get that one right so in that sense it's got to be helping them we'll it's see a, that's, it. A that's a jumpy g- team a good team to yeah really it's a good team to watch out for yeah because now we didn't, we didn't get to see them play with the Wilson Ball together ever yeah they kind of sampled the World Tour together a little bit yeah But that's a full-time team now, right? It's a full-time team. I was surprised. Me too. Because everything,
1: all the men's side was just waiting on Chase. Because after Taylor and Taylor had kind of decided, and Mm -hmm. you and Trevor had decided, then it was just Chase was the biggest blocker available and came Mm -hmm. into the set thing. Right. And then no one was making any moves. And Nick came out, Nick Lucena came out and was just like, I'm trying to get Landy there, Chase or Andy. Right. And it was hilarious, dude. I'd walk by, and I'd walk by, and I'd see Nick. Say, morning, Nick. Like, who are you with? He's like, I'm with Chase today. I had to walk by and see Troy. i like, who are you with today, Troy? He's like, I'm practicing next to Chase and Nick. And so it was It was just like, it was very tense. The Real Housewives of Hermosa Beach. Yeah, it was funny
0: because Nick, uh, he was kind of saying, that, oh, I'm going to play with Chase here. I was like, oh, tryouts, huh? Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 no. Not at all, not at all. Yeah. I'm like, it sounds like tryouts. <laughs> but in my mind, I was like, Nick's the hot commodity here. Benish should be. Yeah. This is my opinion. Benish should be scratching and clawing to get Nick, and I think that Buttinger should be should have been like right on it. Like, yeah, I'll take Nick. Um, I see the potential and like you know wanting to play with a guy like Troy Young and you know if he figures out defense and he's that athletic, you're out. You're going to side out every time, yeah. right? So everything else is just a plus. In my mind, I was like, Nick's still got it. Like, I think yeah. people give Nick less credit because he was with Phil. Um, but he's still playing at a really high level. So I don't know what, if a partnership is set, but I know Chase is set. So therefore, Andy's probably with Nick. Andy and Nick are set. Yeah. And uh, Jordan Chang's coaching. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so Dude, Jordan, that's going to be good. Yeah. Andy's Andy's falling into a great situation. Though. Yeah. It's funny, like, I feel like we had
1: Andy on the podcast. I don't know why it took so long,
0: though. I <laughs> know.
1: We had like we had him on, like, this time last year. We're like, Andy Benish, like, big-time promotion from Billy, has a career year with Billy, like, career finish, career finish, career finish. Right. And then gets picked up by Nick, like, one of the best defenders of this generation. Yep.
0: But that's what I'm saying. I'm like, he should have been, like, the second Nick asks him. was like, yep, let's go. Yeah.
1: Well, I think. I, I would have thought I that. Not he should have been. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was necessarily totally Andy's choice, because mm-hmm. I think. Nick was waiting on Chase. I, I think was, was sort of looking at both of them, hmm. um, and I don't know if Nick had like asked Chase to play, and Chase said no, or if Nick was just like practiced with both, felt it out, asked Andy. Um, so I don't know how it went, but yeah. So Nick is with Andy, which is great for Andy. I think I it's think. great for Andy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, think, I think best case scenario. And he's like kind of bummed that he's not
0: playing with Billy because him and Billy were really tight. But yeah, that's I think, tough. like You gotta. Billy helped him get there. Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of how the veteran path goes though when you have someone who's trying to make it to that top top tier um billy's obviously in the top tier but yeah top top and and andy has physically has the he's probably him and theo probably the chase maybe but are the biggest blockers i'd say theo and
1: andy yeah i think in terms of like who is the most intimidating
0: blockers it would be you theo and andy for sure. In terms of Well, I'm just saying size, like yeah. Im- Im- like ability to get over the net. Yeah. Like those two get over further than me, I yeah. guess. And uh, the other one would be Logan Weber, mm. who is playing with your old boy, Johnny That's Hyden. That's what I heard. Yeah. Another thing thing would would think is great Logan Logan, like yeah. where he's at his in his career. the mm-hmm. side um, I the side of the side of the side of the side is good. <laughs> or is he a bump chowder guy? <laughs> yeah. He likes the bump? I think, who, Logan? No, yeah. Does Logan handsets? Oh, handset? Logan handsets. Okay, yeah. good, yeah. Now he does. Okay, good. Because it's hard to hit Johnny on those little shooty <laughs> all over the place if you're not handsetting. Yeah. yeah, and him him, and Evan Corey, they had a, a good season last year, and
1: mm-hmm. they ran some fun stuff. And yeah. I mean, they won pretty... They were like the minor league champions right, of right, the right. AVP. Yeah. You know, they won all the big minor league tournaments, and that's how they got into two of the main draws, mm. is they won um Wapaka to earn a bid to Manhattan and then they or they won New Orleans one of the two to get a bid to Manhattan yeah and then they won uh they beat me in A-Robin Seaside in the finals there to get the bid into
0: Chicago Mm, got you yeah so a lot of a lot of changes happening (laughs) yeah new kind of new names sliding up like a lot of the same names but new names sliding in a little bit Old guy's gone. Phil and Jake gone. Yeah. <sighs> finally. <laughs> You've
1: been waiting for this moment for I so didn't want long. them to
0: retire on their own terms. <laughs> AVP-wise, they didn't maybe, but internationally they did. Yeah. And Phil,
1: you know, he might not be done. We might see Phil on Yeah, AVP. Phil will be out there.
0: <laughs> It'll be fun, fun Phil, though, I think. Yeah. A very uh, different Phil. Yeah. Good times.
1: Yeah. Well, how have things been with you getting back on the sand?
0: Um, great. So I was... Um, I was hitting it pretty hard while I was here, and then I went to Hawaii for second half of December, first half of January, um, kept hitting the weight room. I was hitting it harder here, obviously I was with my trainer, um, so I was in really good shape going into there, and then I kind of cross-train out there, you know, I'm in the water three days a week, surfing, body surfing, whatever, three or four days a week, um, and then hitting the gym three days a week out there. So it was just staying in shape. And then once the new year came around, second half of the trip, we um, just started touching the balls with yeah. one of our coaches out in Hawaii, Danny Alvarez. He was the uh, one of the assistants for University of Hawaii beach team for a while. And he's one of the guys that kind of like we grew up with, you know, yeah. at our group. It was nice, though, to get like real good fundamental Hawaiian style reps. Yeah. And when I say Hawaiian style, it's like just... They preach ball control, and, they, mm-hmm. and people out there just have such a good feel for it. It's, it's different. Yeah. And it was really nice for me to hear that kind of feedback um, in a phase where we. I just wanted to build my fundamentals, passing and setting. Um, so we got a lot of passing and setting reps in. Came back here, passing and setting reps, speeding up. Every yeah. week it's like a little faster. Started hitting little balls, chipping balls. Yeah. I haven't even jumped yet. Um, but that's kind of our trajectory. We're yeah. kinda of looking at the schedule like we're gonna be ready, not like last year when we weren't ready for Doha, right. C Q or whatever. But we don't wanna step on the gas too soon. Yeah. Because look, the schedule already got pushed back a week for yeah. us.
1: And you have events Elite Sixteen scheduled for November. Um, right. Yeah. So no, yeah, it could be long. No need to peak in February.
0: <laughs> well, that's the other thing. And actually that's something we should discuss is first of all, do you know how the system work, the current system works in terms of challenger series players moving to the elite 16? Cause it's the, so just to recap for everybody, FIVB system is now the futures. It's like the youth developmental. And then the Challenger Series, which is like the qualifying for the Elite 16 series. Yeah. And then the Elite 16, which is the top 16 teams in the world, no qualifier. But how do you, obviously the points, if, if you finish in the top of a Challenger event, those points are worth more than the bottom of a 16 event. But is there a time period that, you're, that those points do or do not um, transfer over? Like that you're safe from getting past, maybe if you're at bottom of the top sixteen? Or is it like one event, their points go higher, and then all of a sudden you're in? It's a good question.
1: I don't know. Cause I know that uh they're switching the point system to your best three out of four of your previous four finishes. Three out of four. And okay. And I think that's too wow. I think that's to encourage from four out of six. more mobility. Okay. Because yeah. 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 if if it was four out of six I mean then it would be really with only nine elite 16 teams on the schedule really hard three to challenges. That. it would be really like it would be stuck yeah but now that it's three out of four i think that would encourage more mobility mm-hmm. and it's interesting cuz elite 16 teams can play down into challengers right and people are wondering they're saying oh is that fair but if you lay an egg in a challenger then you're throwing away your spot in the elite 16 sort of right so it doesn't make a ton of sense you have to be pretty confident Right, if you're in the elite sixteen to play challenger, mm-hmm. I think.
0: Interesting, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: And with because if there's, I mean, there, if there's nine elite sixteens, you know, and and it's more money than a four star, used to be mm-hmm. like that's a good solid season. It is, yeah. You nine international events, you can count on at least three AVP <laughs> events. So yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, you know, twelve event season. Yeah, that wouldn't be too bad if you're an elite sixteen.
0: I can't believe the AVP schedule hasn't come out. Right, that'll be another discussion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's. I think that they reduced the number of point
0: events to okay. encourage that mobility a little bit. But like, so if I was, if you were to pass me, let's say, yeah, today, and we have an event next week, are you in and I'm out? I think because I know there's a sign up period yeah. too, right? The three weeks. Yeah. So I so think so it would probably be weeks? that that same
1: like 21 day window. Because the entry list comes out... That would make sense. Entry list comes out 21 days before. Mm. And so I think that anything after that is
0: pushed to the next event. Right. So if I sign up for an event, once that deadline passes, I'm in. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. But then if you lose a finish, you see it coming slowly. You're like, oh, no. Yeah. Like and, in two weeks, I'm screwed in one week. Yeah. Okay. But at the
1: moment the Elite 16 guys are in pretty good shape because there's only three challengers.
0: Right. And so, one of them's in November. Well, and that's what I was so, telling my team is like, okay, yeah, we're in good position cuz we're in the Elite 16, but the there's three challengers and two Elite 16s to start the year. Yeah. So there's more ch- there's more challengers than Elite 16s. They're they're going to have their shot. Like teams are going to have their shot in the beginning. Yeah. And then if you didn't make it, you're screwed, which yeah. obviously is a really, not what, not what the tour needs or wants. I, don't, I think it sounds like um, Finn Taylor and uh, Beach Volleyball World is aware of, they're definitely aware of um, the players' concerns, um, but they're gonna have a shot yeah. in the beginning for yeah. sure. And Elite 16 teams better be ready uh, not come out sluggish because yeah. you might. if I mean, if you start the year in the sixteen and you don't go into that middle chunk of like eight events in a row, yeah, in the sixteen, you're gonna be have, you're missing you're out be on depressed. a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, and it was. I just um, had lunch with Therese Cannon and Sarah Sponsel, mm-hmm. who's a new team. Right, Our women, so Therese and Sarah are gonna start. They're like number seven. They're high. Because Sarah has so many points. They're
0: a seven seed? Or a seven seed? I think so. That's what,
1: what? that's what they kind of estimated. I'd have to double check. I have, in fact, checked okay. that one. So they're, they're top two. They'll be
0: in Elite 16. Sponsor and Cal- Canada, the Canon. US
1: is top two. Cal- but I don't know if they're above Kelly and Betsy. Oh, I don't know how many points Betsy has because they're still figuring out the pregnancy points.
0: Oh, Betsy's got pregnancy points? Yeah. So but still- she played a little already. Yeah, but she
1: only two events and then so okay. she would need to see if she gets 100% of her last of her best two events from before or just i think 75. Yeah, I thought
0: it was 75.
1: And so i think that they're still figuring that out. And then who do we got? And then it would be Sarah and Sarah Hughes and Kelly Kalinske. Would that be three?
0: Do you think they're in the 16?
1: Well, i don't know if the, I don't think they'd be in 16, right. but I, would that be our third um yeah, team? i guess. If, if April's not playing international, right. which I, it sounds like, she it might sounds take like a break. she's taking a break from international
0: yeah. and
1: playing domestic with Emily Day. Oh, really? Yeah. Great. So, which seems like it, it's Day worked out for everybody. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Jackpot. Yeah. So it's been a pretty crazy couple weeks. All, yeah. the, all the partnerships seem to be solidifying. Right. And I think Emily Stockman, from what I've gathered, is playing with Megan Kraft,
0: Ooh! Yeah. Stockman with craft. Interesting. But
1: the and the cool thing about that is that college players can't play AVPs during season, but they can play World Tour because it's you're representing the U.S. So they have a uh, compliance oh, right, exception right, right. for yeah. that. So oh So Megan. I didn't realize that. Yeah, so that's why you know Tina's been able. She was able to kind of do half and half and and sponsor when she was at UCLA. Right. Was able to play some.
0: Um, gotcha so Emily and Megan could start she's good I played she's with her really in my good. USC legend, oh, legends yeah. tournament we took it home <laughs> I should have set her more though I had Tony Turelli on the outside and then some like six nine guy from the indoor team on yeah. the other side so but she was scooping she's so good she's so good yeah. <laughs> she's she awesome. was standing in there with the guys I set her match point one and she just yeah. put it down And she's yeah I mean she's solid so a lot of good teams The and then
1: what I think that Kristen Nuss and Taryn Cloth oh they
0: got to be like the so uh, they stayed favorite. together but they have zero points right AVP they're like the favorite yeah AVP FIVB they're like unranked yeah and
1: it was like I was talking to Delaney about it because they and and they're like such a team right right you know like they're they're stand together and they had like high level offers for both of them and the, well, where they I'm would sure. have been in very good international shape. And they both said, no, we're sticking together as a team. But I don't know how they're supposed to get into an event.
0: Right, they're going to grind it out from the beginning. Yeah, because you need to get a wild card. I feel like they should play, uh, don't play with each other internationally. Yeah. Only because you're not going to play with each other internationally anyway. Right. It's either don't play or go scoop up some points and then come back together. Yeah. But, I mean, I get it, but... uh, yeah. Might it might make their path to um Paris a little delayed. Pretty difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it's starting next year.
1: Yeah. The only thing would be is if Norseca comes back to life. In which case Kristen and Taryn would win every Norseca they'd play in.
0: I but what kind expect. of points are you gonna get? You get a hundred. <laughs> so it's not much, right? Right. Yeah. Well. So I, the girls' side's gnarly, though. Yeah. And it's hard to tell. Like, with these partnerships, they're all good partnerships. But which one's going to be, like, they're going to click, you know, yeah. really well. Yeah. Uh, I really don't Man, know.
1: Man, I love Kelly and Betsy.
0: It'd be fun to see what Betsy... She's never really, like, been able to, like, internationally just go for it, mm-hmm. I feel like, and be in the top tour and, like, against the top teams consistently. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what she can do. Yeah,
1: I was so impressed with her in Brazil because mm-hmm. that was the first time like I, I was there like watching her play in person for most of the matches. Yeah, and dude, she's just like cold blooded. Yeah, I mean she like it it, it was her like demeanor, 14-14 yeah. against Barbara and Carol. and they had blown a huge lead twice, mm-hmm. and it was like in Brazil stadium court, you just like let a 14-11 lead slide in the third set to fourteen fourteen, and Betsy, it looked like she, she was just out for a Monday morning stroll in Hermosa. She always looks like, like that,
0: yeah. Cool,
1: cool customer. Yeah. Put it away, buried it. It was like, she's good. And she, like, she can handset so they can run the system that mm-hmm. Kelly likes to run. Can and she bring surf, gas hitting-wise? I think, I think she's terminal enough. Mm-hmm. And, with, That's and, like, and with Kelly's setting, too. It's like
0: the one thing where it's like, really hard to like, get to the top of the world tour mm-hmm. without like, Being able to just put it down on the sand quickly, you know. Yeah, you got to be so good at shots and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, but I think with how good her ball control is, you know, Kelly's option is one of the best in the world. Yeah, true. And then Betsy's serve is insane. Right, the float serve. Yeah, she's it's the John Mayer school Surfing. I (laughs) still want to learn that one. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that fast, like flat float that just like it just jams you. Yeah, she right at the back
0: line. So I'm. I'm pretty pretty high on Kelly and Betsy. Sponsor and Canon, we said? Sponsor canon. That's kind of interesting. Same thing with Canon. It's like Yeah. She's done some stuff. She's proven that she can ball, but like not at the top. Yeah. She's kinda like uh in a similar trajectory
1: as Andy, I feel like. Right? Yeah. You know, she, she's made the best of a lot of her promotions. Right. You know? And dude, I gotta give her so much credit from last year. Her year started losing in six straight country quotas, oh. and it ended and with somewhere
0: international, right? The Cancun ones. Right? Yeah.
1: So Cancun, three straight, <sighs> uh, and then she went to Stad, followed by Rwanda, and lost in both. And then there was one more that she didn't make it out of. And then she took a ninth and a two star silver. She won gold with Delaney in the Netherlands, and mm-hmm. then won, won bronze at a four star with Sarah Hughes. Just, like, pushed through. And then started rolling. Yeah.
0: That's a so, good trajectory. Yeah.
1: And I forgot that they played together in 2018. They came out of the qualifier in Chicago and took third. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, I forgot about that. So they, so played, they, they played well. Yeah.
0: Wow, okay. Yeah, no, those are some good, uh, some very interesting matchups. It's like April leaving. April and Alex leaving is just, like, Yeah left question (laughs) mark like who's going to dominate this year yeah probably no one yeah LSU girls I don't know they're still young yeah they won one last year won one took a fifth and then took a third so that's like impressive but you can't can't give them the cake on that I think it's just like even across the board like a bunch of eights across the board but we don't know which one's going to jump to tens you know or like nine tens and which one might Chemistry might not be there, and they might slide to like a yeah. seven. I think everyone, like all of them, will probably take a step
1: back from where they were. You know, because Kelly and Sarah had such good team chemistry, yeah, and they for were sure. they were cruising. And well, I think played, Kelly and Betsy
0: can get there. You can't play any better than they did pre-Olympics. Yes, yeah,
1: possible. Yeah. <laughs> Two straight gold medals yeah. is pretty good. Insane. Um, so I think like everyone will take a small step back. It's just a matter of who's going to start
0: refining their team identity and going up faster yeah and then you have like you know savvy Zana Sav, yeah uh, I don't know Chrissy who else like there's a lot there's a lot a of people lot are of not talent. mentioning yeah Kelly Reeves yeah
1: there's just uh, like so much talent on the women's side yeah it's just kind it's of waiting so deep
0: yeah uh, I mean we're pretty deep on the guy's side in terms of uh, top Eight teams, I'd say, right? Yeah, I mean between you and Trev,
1: Taylor and Taylor, came Theo, Chase, Troy, Andy, Nick. Yeah, I think even like a Baranek and Avery is it? Is it I mean, like they'll definitely give
0: people team. Yeah, it's yeah. like what what team's going to show up that week? Yeah, Billy playing with someone? I, I don't know. Travis Mulwerrer. <laughs> <laughs> right Timmy now, Booster?
1: right now I'm working the lefty lefty magic with TB TB. Yeah. Timmy Brewster's only getting better, so yeah. not a bad investment. And he worked so hard. Oh yeah. You know, and he just like I mean he took over our match. Both matches we played together at the end of the year. We won basically because people couldn't
0: put a ball down. Yeah, I saw his scooping ball. Just scooping everything. Yeah. I got I got a this TB's got to take a little bit of that TB this year. <laughs> Scoop more hard driven. Very different styles of play. I was going, "Olé." <laughs> I was I just watched a lot of film this past year. I was like, yeah. "Oh, man, I got to I got to dig these hard driven <laughs> balls a little more." Well, you got the same coach. So, yeah, no. I, I already um I'm on it. Like it's so weird cuz I I feel so confident digging these balls mm-hmm. that I'm doing, but like my balance, my I'm like trying to figure out all these pieces of defense and it's like hurting my ability to just like just make the dig yeah you know Um, so I think that'll yeah I think that'll change it's hard when you're
1: trying new stuff like I'm working on the biggest thing I've been working on this off season is my is like cleaning up my arms on my approach Hmm. because like when I would approach I come in like this and like cross them this way and then when I like my backswing I'm like going super wide right and then my arm swing has to go like this way it's just super inefficient
0: also probably not good for your body and yeah and, and so, your jump. Yeah. And if so if your arms go straight back and straight up, mm-hmm. you're going out if and, you go out, your momentum's and so I've
1: actually been working with Delaney a lot on that. And huh. so I've been trying to just like keep my arms
0: like from doing that. And you're probably used to having a basketball when you used to play basketball. Yeah, I mean probably Bring your hands together. <laughs> yeah. Because I always was like, gosh, I can jump so much higher if I don't have this stupid basketball <laughs> right. in my hands. I don't know.
1: so i've been working on that and then hitting the ball more out in front mm-hmm. than up here cuz like i would like i shoot a lot yeah. and so i'm hitting the ball up here and like you just can't hit good angles from up there like you can yeah. hit good shots but yeah. in terms of like you can't get a ton of gas when you're here yeah. instead of here yeah and so i've been working on that but sometimes i'll just catch it so far in front i'm just like shot putting it right so it's been frustrating for the first couple Changing
0: weeks. Changing things and working on stuff is a slippery slope, you know, yeah. like you have to be careful with it when you do it, but you can't not do it either. Right. Um arm swing stuff. Jose is like, you know, wanting me to get high high high, mm-hmm. but when I work on my arm swing by myself, I'm I'm looking to get contact out in front cuz yeah. that's where I can bring gas. So, but but I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like wow, my shot from up here is like, I can do a, a bullet high line that no yeah. one's gonna chase down from up here, but I still wanna be able to bring gas. Yeah. So it's like a very fine line. You can't lose one or the other. Like the 45's really like gotta be kind of the perfect spot. Yeah.
1: Gonna take a quick break from the show for a really fun announcement, uh, is that Try and I, uh, now that we're finally back in the same country for the first time in what feels like basically forever, Uh, We're finally getting around to doing the things that we've been trying to do for a while now, and one of them is dropping a Sandcast merchandise line that you can check out at sandcastmerch.com. All right, we've got t-shirts, we've got hoodies, we've got tank tops, hats, we even have a coffee mug and a backpack. All right, so head over to sandcastmerch.com to take a look and get some of your favorite gear from your favorite podcast. And just so you guys know, I mean, one of the reasons that we wanted to drop a merchandise line uh, is one, a couple of people asked. And two, it's just a, another kind of revenue stream for us. And every piece of profit that we make from merchandise is going straight back into the podcast. I mean, now that it's off season, we're going to spend a lot more time kind of improving the podcast, getting better content, better mics, a better video setup for those of you who watch on YouTube. And our merchandise line is kind of going to help fund that a little bit. So thank you guys Uh, To anybody who has already bought some hoodies, some t-shirts, some hats, we absolutely love you guys, and we love you so much for the last four years. Can you believe we've been up for four years uh, of supporting us for that long, and uh, only bigger and better things to come for Sandcast, so head over to sandcastmerch.com to get your gear today. This podcast is, of course, as always since day one, brought to you by Wilson Volleyball. We know, we know it's off-season. The AVP's three-event year is over, but that just means you get to reload on balls to train and rep it out with over the off-season. So head over to Wilson Volleyball and use our discount code SANCAST-20 to get 20% off your orders of Wilson Volleyball. All right, that's SANCAST-20 to rock your favorite ball, best ball in the game by far. All right, we played with Mikasa's, we played with Wilson, we played with any kind of ball, and Wilson is by far the best. So head over to Wilson Volleyball and give him your love. And the last bit of news I have before I can let you guys get back to enjoying our podcast is that we do have a, a Sandcast newsletter. We started it last year, kind of during COVID, and then uh, both Troy and I, we hit the road pretty hard during 2021 and lost a little focus, lost the time to do it. But now that we are both back in the United States and we have a lot of free time on our hands to keep improving Sandcast. We do have a Sandcast newsletter. Uh, if you want to sign up for that newsletter, it will include any updates we have for the podcast, but also any writing that I do for Volleyball World, uh, for Volleyball Magazine, any interesting stories on both Volleyball World or Volleyball Magazine or at avp.com, any updates that Tri has on his YouTube channel, any great videos the McKibbins have. Basically, I'm just calling. All of what I think to be the best volleyball content out there, and I'm just throwing it in a newsletter. Uh, So if you guys want to get that newsletter, head over to sandcastvolleyball.com. And on the right-hand side, you can just drop in your email address, and I will get that to you every Friday that I'm in the United States. Once season starts up, I cannot promise I'll keep up with it, but the idea is to keep doing it for as long as we can. It's just a weekly thing. Um, It's fun for me to do because I'm basically just taking all of my favorite things that I saw in the volleyball world, and I'm giving it to you guys. So if you want to be a part of that newsletter, sandcastvolleyball.com, and on the right-hand side, just drop in uh, your email, and I'll be chatting with you every single Friday. All right, back to the show, guys. Because I was watching, watching the Brazilians, you know, George Wanderley, I mean, he's hitting everything way out here. Mm-hmm. I mean, his cut shot is—he's like almost dunking it. Right. And yeah. then the, their young kid uh, who made the finals, Renato Lima, mm-hmm. really good. And he was just so far out and just like, just real. Well, risky you can see there.
0: better too when yeah. it's in front of you. Um, but your angles are are not as good. Yeah. You know, in terms of like getting the ball down quick. Yeah. And I was like very drop everything mm-hmm. oriented until I was like, I just don't have gas from here. Yeah. And then I started getting in front. Now I have gas. But I think also, like, if you want that shot, you go get it up high. Yeah. Slide under and get it up high and drop it. And if you want to bring gas, you just go get it in front, you know? Yeah. So you got to work on both. Yeah.
1: And um, so, I mean, now's the perfect time to work on it. But yeah. practices can just be so frustrating because oh, we. God, I suck. We just started jumping and I was like hitting balls and everything I hit is in the tape because I'm just like getting it out here and hitting it down. I'm like, damn it. But then like watching it on film, it just looks so much smoother Mm. and like everything is more efficient. So it's just a matter of hitting it like it's a two inch difference
0: that makes all the difference. Also serving is different, right? Mm -hmm. So getting, you want gas, hitting the ball up high is not. Right. It's not going to help. Unless you're hitting like a drop (laughs) cut, you know, like trying to make one drop uh, short. It's not helping you. Yeah. You know, you, you're hitting that traje- straight trajectory either way. Yeah. It's funny. The
1: first thing that came back with it was serving because I'm setting myself. Right. And my timing is perfect because, yeah. you
0: know. Yeah.
1: But then when you're adding, because now my timing's a little jacked up because I'm waiting a little longer. Mm-hmm. And so I, everything's different. But the serve, I was like, oh, this,
0: is, this feels real good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good sign. <laughs> yeah. well Things it. are coming along. Yeah. That's what off season's for, right? Yeah. I'm excited um, to implement my kind of new stuff. I feel like I've been working on a lot. Like I'm implementing a lot of stuff. It's not big, and I think it's it's basically stuff that I've been trying to implement for three, four years now. It's like defense. Not that I've been bad at it, but like it's just taken a long time to like really come together while I'm giving half of my energy to, to blocking. Right. And it's funny, like, I haven't really thought about blocking this year. Yeah. Usually it's, like, my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Life of a split blocking. Yeah. You Do know. you miss full-time blocking, or are you pretty happy as a splitter? I I take a lot of pride in my blocking. Like, I personally, like, when I have a conversation with myself, I'm, like, I'm the best blocker, and I love, you know, I want to, I guess, complicate and be really tactical and technical and get a lot of these reps but I also know it's like that's already a strength of mine like really getting even better even better at blocking isn't probably what's going to make the team uh, succeed it's going to be fine tuning the other stuff around Yeah. It. D- me and Trev like when Trev's at the net I'm not at the net all the time so mm-hmm. like me getting even better at blocking yeah. isn't necessarily what's going to help us so I focus more on defense um, in terms of missing it I love I just love playing the full sport. Like mm-hmm. I don't like specializing. Yeah. So I'm like obsessed with defense now. Like I love it. It's yeah. really fascinating to me. But part of me is like, but I wanna be the best blocker on yeah. tour. And then even if I have the best blocks per set, my total block count's gonna be lower than the Theo's and right. them. so I'm not gonna get like So like you can have credit your, for you, you know like
1: blocks per attempted block.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. Well, I want to say, uh, last season, me and Trevor had the most blocks, if you combine our two. Really? so like the most team blocks. That's funny. But if you look at us on the list, I'm like, you know, five or whatever. Yeah. And Trevor's a little lower. I'm like, well, we're the best blocking team. Yeah. <laughs> Dude,
1: looking at your guys' stats last year, because I, I still have... I use your volley metrics mm-hmm. still, and I was huh. just looking through your stats, and you had... I don't know, I want to say like four times as many blocks as Trevor. (laughs) But your percentage, and I think he had more digs, but you had a higher percentage of like touches.
0: So you were touching more balls, Mm. whatever position you were in. No, that's like what I was saying. I was like watching the film, I'm like, I'm there. But I'm like shanking balls because I'm in this like, what I figured out, it's actually really fascinating to me, was that, and and I'm just applying it, we'll see if it works. But I'm like playing serve-receive on defense, because I'm so used to I used to play indoors, right? Where me leaning forward and getting the ball out front, like like I'm kind of in serve receive and getting a full platform on it, and mm-hmm. like worked well. So I s- kind of played that same like feet are a little wider, I'm dug in, and I'm trying to get a full platform on the ball digging, um, like I would be in serve receive. It was like the same mentality, uh, but I, I I couldn't get my platform on it like in playing defense on the beach you kind of have to get your body behind it's like reverse dodgeball is like what they call it (laughs) so now I'm coming in like I have my defense stance and the way that I you know dig dig, pass whatever and then I have my serve receive it's like a very different thing now separating the two um and I think that's going to help me because if you approach defense the way you approach serve receive you're going to be late on everything because you're used to having all that time and getting your body there and getting this big platform, like, set. Yeah. And I'm just, like, trying to do that, but spraying everything. Yeah. Like, that was, I knew exactly where I was going, <laughs> but I'm just late there. Yeah. So I'm just working on, you know, that little defensive stuff. What's been the hardest part about
1: switching to defense? I'm not switching. I mean, you're still blocking, but I'm picking it up.
0: Um, it's just uh, muscle memory, really. <sighs> it's a different sport. You're doing something completely yeah. different. Um, and for me, it's feel. Like, if, if I can teach, tell my body what it feels like to do it right, then I just need to repeat that a bunch of times. Yeah. And it takes a long time. It takes yeah. years, Yeah. You know? unless I could, like, put in full-time training on defense, which I can't. Like yeah. I'm, I'm still trying to be a, one of the best blockers out there. Yeah. So I've just kind of accepted it. It takes time to get that feeling. Um, but i think i i think i get it like mentally it's starting to click for me yeah um but the hardest thing patience timing everything yeah yeah the touch like digging a ball is different than passing a ball i don't know there's a lot to it and then transitioning after as well yeah
1: well, it's so hard to get to get that muscle memory. So the whoop like it gave it gave me my like yearly analysis, mm-hmm. right? And it's a it's a you spent forty two thousand minutes playing beach volleyball last year, mm-hmm. which is like I think seven. I don't I forget how many hours it was, but I was like that would take me if you are doing like the ten thousand hour rule, which I'm not a huge believer in, but that's like kind of the benchmark of what it takes to be excellent. That would take yeah. me. I think it was like seven years of doing that just to get to the ten thousand hour rule. I was huh.
0: like,
1: that was so much volleyball, right? And I'd have to do seven more years of that, right? <laughs> just to get to that like level
0: where you begin to become professional, right? I mean, I almost like that. I think the whole like ten thousand hour rule is great, and also the whole like just play. You know, like how yeah. many people out here? Have we asked the question, what would your advice be for an up-and-coming beach Mm -hmm. volleyball player? And it's, just go play. Play, play, play. But what's the question for an up-and-coming beach volleyball player? Yeah. And I agree. You want to play. You want to be competing. You want to be enjoying it. Getting those touches and learning new things because it's like, if I get that, if I can just do this, I can beat my friend or Mm -hmm. whatever, you know? Yeah. That's what you're learning. But like at our age, it's like me going out and doing what Chase is doing right now and if it works for him, it obviously works for some people. Um, it's just not, like, that's not what I want to do at all. Yeah. It's just go play fours and, like, right. sixes and just, I'm just getting touches. Like, <laughs> if I'm not touching the ball the right way, like, the perfect technique, and I'm, like, I'm very technical. I, I love yeah. that part of it. Yeah, Then I'm getting worse. That's how I think of it. I'm not getting touches. I'm getting worse because yeah. I'm teaching my body to do it the, the wrong way. And, and. I'm also probably going to win in fours, whether I play good or bad. So I'm teaching my body that I can do <laughs> it the wrong way and get away with it. <laughs> yeah. So that's why when I hear it, I'm like, oh, no, not for me. I'm over that. Yeah. Um, but there's a fine line there. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm trying to be more selective about the volleyball I play.
0: Well, you also have been very early on. You were an yeah. up and coming beach volleyball player, but yeah. in your late 20s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now you're getting to that point where you learn the rehab and you, yeah. know, you got your international reps. You know where you stand and what your yeah. capabilities are at the moment. You probably have a good idea of where you think you can go. And now you can be more selective about it. Yeah. 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 So, and
1: now I think the biggest thing I'm trying to do this year that I didn't really have. Well we kinda had it last year with me and Adam, but it's just like building kind of a team. Like you've been big in that. Oh yeah. Is building a team and Structure. so um you know, Christian left Christian Hartford, the yeah. trainer, he left for Oregon. So I'm actually working with this guy who I coach. His name's Nathan Michaels, and so he's like a sports specific trainer. Mm-hmm. And he has me like out in his garage, he calls it the lab. Oh, he has wow. like all there these things, that, yeah, it measures like explosiveness for trap bar and, and front squat and so was, all of it is just specifically designed to be a vertical jumper not like a, a lateral one mm-hmm. and so like got that part figured out pretty sure I'm going to play with Tim unless like you know I get a call from like a Casey or right, a Billy, right. or someone where like it's an obvious you have to take just it. Just throwing
0: it out there guys. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Billy I know you're available now. <laughs> yeah really. Um, so now, and then, like, we're working with Jose. So mm-hmm. then you'd have kind of the, the biggest pillars down. You got your trainer. You got your partner. You got your coach. Now you got to do the mental work.
0: Yeah. Mental. You need the Gervais on there. You got Michael Gervais on the pod. That's true. Okay. <laughs> and you know Tim's down with all that stuff. Yeah. No, I think structure's um, one of the biggest pieces of the puzzle. Actually, I was watching that man in the arena, the Tom Brady. Yeah. Um, I haven't watched it. I only watched the first two episodes. Okay. Um, but it's every, it's 10 episodes, I think, of each year that Tom Brady's gone to the Super Bowl. Oh, cool. Uh, win or lose, I think. Yeah, he hasn't won 10. I think he's won seven. Yeah, right. So, uh, but whatever. They were talking about Belichick and what he, when he became the head coach and what he brought to certain players. Like yeah. they came onto his team and what changed. And the, he was, the one player was like, he gave us structure. Like, it was easy. There wasn't any other, we didn't have to figure stuff out or do this or that. It was like, do your job and I'm going to tell you exactly what your job is and you're going to do it. Yeah. You're going to show up here. You're going to do that, do that, do that, check all the boxes and then you did your job. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, you know, if it's all not structured and in place, it's like every day you're having to find yourself like, should I work out? Should I do this? Should I do that? Yeah. It's like that over time deciding is mentally draining, first of all. And it's also you're going to lose every time that you choose not to or you choose to, like, you know, or you forget because it's not on paper or or your trainer, you know, no one's available to help you. Yeah. You lose that rep. And then over a year, you lose a ton of it. You lost Mm -hmm. 15% of your potential, what you could have gained. Yeah. So that, I mean, structure for me is huge. I'm already taking a little more step this year with my team getting us to – um, schedule our film sessions like we're doing them together on these days every week like it's done you yeah. know before I was like okay what do you want to do this week what should we watch what should we do it's right. like no we it's in the books it's going to happen so I already know how many hours we're going to log with it and how much better you know, that's going to help us and I still need a few things I'm trying to uh solidify in my like prehab rehab kind of stuff yeah um, but yeah, no structures. Yeah. Cause it, team. I mean, structure huge. creates
1: discipline, mm-hmm. you know, and, and discipline. Have you read Jocko's book, Discipline Equals Freedom? No. It's, it's really good. I mean, the basic concept is that the more disciplined you are, the more freedom you have because you don't have all these choices that you need to make. Like, oh, yeah. what do we do? It's like, you just know. Right. And then outside that box, like you're totally free. Do whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. And my parents were in town, uh, for four days and, we played a no-jump tournament on Saturday, yeah. and then I still had, to, I had one more lift left, and my mom was like, haven't you burned enough calories today? It's like, I can't miss lifts, mom. <laughs> yeah. you, I, there's no choice. You have it's to do you, it.
0: You just go to work, uh, yeah. or the boss is
1: going to be pissed. Right, and you do
0: it, and Nathan
1: <laughs> didn't yell at me, and I felt great, and <laughs> we're good. We're and that's on. the
0: other thing, having a team, they hold you accountable, mm-hmm. and you don't have to, you having to do your lift, but then also create your workout, and then have on your head like is this good enough? Am I right. doing the right stuff? That's a lot too. It's it draining is. and it makes it it makes it a lot harder. You have your team. You just show up. No one to show up. You know that he's going to give you your best workout. You know that he knows your body, blah blah blah. Yeah. That's the beauty of having a team for sure.
1: And the tough part is trying to figure out if, you know, I think for most of the qualifier guys, for example, is this the right team?
0: Everyone's always reassembling and and and, no and I can't afford it. Right. You know, it's, I'm not quite there yet. Um, yeah, you, you got to get to know yourself Yeah, and be realistic with your goals and where you're at and then surround yourself with people that um, align with those and understand that it's a process. Like, it's taken me how many years to get this team that I have in place? Yeah. Like, a long time. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's what you got to be working for, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: how do you and Trev, you know, you're building your kind of you're calibrating, mm-hmm. as, as Jose likes to call right. it. There's a calibration phase. When do you start kind of layering up to get to that point where you're going to be competing? At I think a high it's just level?
0: a slow growth from here. Like this week's been faster than last week. Mm. Similar reps, but faster. He had us competing, or not? Yeah, this week it's Monday. Um, we kind of competing against each other a little bit in okay. drills. He's just kind of getting our brain to like go at it. You know, we're talking talking a bunch of smack already. Mm-hmm. Um, took care of Trevor today. <laughs> <laughs> he got me Friday, so I, I had to get him back. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just a slow progression, I think. I think we'll, we'll be jumping by next week and, and then uh, competing by, you know, in February. And as far as I'm concerned, ready to go in March because I just, I want to be ready to go a few weeks before ready. in case it's like, uh, we actually have to play in that qualifier. Right. Actually, we have country quotas <laughs> or whatever, um, so be ready to go by March, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You guys should be good.
1: Sweet. Elite sixteen, right?
0: No, we're good. We're in. Okay. Um, but I just like the system's not set, and like the, yeah. the international players' association's freaking out right now, really, because of this system. The challengers' players not getting any opportunity to move up and. I don't see anything wrong with um, Beach Volleyball, um, Volleyball volleyball World. World's plan. Like, I loved Finn Taylor and what he had to say on this yeah. podcast. Um, but they're having to, they're losing all these events and having trouble scheduling now because of COVID has ramped back up. And so the players are pissed because you're like, you're taking away opportunities and, you know, us Challenger, there's only 16 teams that can make a living now, which is BS. And I'm totally on board with um, the schedule, just being BS. Like, that can't be the schedule. Yeah. Um, but I also don't think that FIVB has a choice. Like, they're right. trying to, I guarantee they're trying to schedule these things and make it so it, their system that they literally just put in place, haven't even used yet, yeah. makes sense. Um, So that the challenging series gives you opportunity to go to the 16 series. That's the whole point of it. It's called the challenging series. Yeah. Um, But there's, I mean, I don't know if they're going to be able to do anything in time. Yeah. But I will say I really want, I really like what that beach volleyball world is doing. Like I like their business plan. I like them focusing on top 16. I'm biased because I'm in it right now. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, look at the NBA. Look at any league. Like, if you make it, you're styling. You're in it. You're, mm-hmm. And it's a gr- really good product. Yeah. If you're not, if you're just outside of it, you're grinding. Yeah. You're grinding. In it, and that's how it should be. It shouldn't be the Challenger Series. Like, we should be able to, you know, make a living, like, comfortably on the Challenger Series. And, like, yeah. It sounds like people are starting to argue for that. And it's like, no. Like you're in the D League. Yeah. People play in the D League to get to the NBA. Yeah. That's the only reason you're there. And if you if you're in the D League too long, you're out. Yeah. Like you can't you can't make a living. You gotta retire. That's kinda how it should be. Like we need the top product, we need the product that we're presenting the world to be good. Yeah. And I think I hope players don't lose sight of that. And that's what and it's
1: been funny because I had some players like, text me like, dude, you got to write a story on just how ridiculous this is. Like, right. There's no Challengers events. And exactly. I was like, why are we entitled to challenger and Futures events? Like, they're probably not going to be money-making enterprises. Oh, you know, for sure. like the sport was bought by a hedge fund, mm-hmm. right? So what's, what's a hedge fund's goal? Like its whole purpose of existence is to make money. Yeah. And it was the same hedge fund that bought Formula One, right? And so they came in they pumped a ton of money in it mm-hmm. and if you look at formula 1 now it's pretty much broken into two classes right so you have the top 3 right which are virtually untouchable with mercedes ferrari and red bull mm-hmm. and then you have the middle class right and but formula 1 started just bankrolling because they focused on lewis hamilton and ferrari and red bull mm-hmm. and they got bonuses like every t- and so the rich got richer right. and like it's worked out sort of, like for the fans and stuff. The product's huge, Formula One's enormous. The sport itself, like the drivers are kind of split on it. But if you're Max Verstappen or Lewis Hamilton, you're like, it's pretty good. You know, <laughs> if, if you're Anders Mole, it's it's gonna work out. Right. And like, you know, I'm not entitled to make a living on beach volleyball if mm-hmm. I'm not one of the best in the world. I got I'm not entitled to having them. I would tour love to have least. them. Yeah. You know. Right. But I just I think as players we think that someone is obligated to give us stuff to play in. Right. When
0: we're really not you know? Yeah. I think, I mean, and, and also we're always like, how is our sport going to grow? What's best for our sport? I'm like, what's best for our sport is for us to finally be an elite sport. Right. And what an elite sport is, professional sport, is a business. And what we are is entertainers within that business. We, that's how we work. Uh, or else none of this exists. Right. Like, we're here to entertain fans and yeah. we're not doing a good job of that. And also... No one wants to see a Challenger series play like here's no one the fans aren't going to show up much for Challenger events. It's just how it is, yeah, on a global level, like people are saying, yeah, we want this sport needs to be bigger, like more of us playing it doesn't mean this sport's going to succeed <laughs> right. like, that's what you're saying like yeah, we need more people to play and more yeah. people to be able to make a living, yeah. like no, if everyone makes a mediocre living, then we look like a mediocre ass sport, yeah. It has to be great at the top. There has to be something for everyone to strive for, and below that is not. There's going to be a line which is 17 on, that is not going to be fun to be at.
1: Yeah, I think the challengers will be great events to watch for beach volleyball fans. Right. I think the elite 16s could be watchable for the globe for casual sports fans. Right. You know, you don't have to be an NBA a basketball fan to enjoy watching LeBron James. Exactly. But you would have to be a serious fan to watch the D-League. Like the D-League. Or know, even D the League, worst whatever.
0: team. Yeah. Like the, the Wizards. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the Wizards against the <laughs> yeah. Bob Bobcats. Are they still there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Like, nobody even watches that game. And those guys are getting paid tens of millions of dollars. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and I'm, and I'm, what, where am I ranked? 14th? Yeah. In the world? So I'm, you're, right, you're on the edge. edge. Like, yeah. I'm talking about my self in in a lot of ways here. Like, I'm happy to. I, if I'm in this top 16 and I'm winning these events, I should be making five times the living. You know, five, six times a living, ten times of what I was making in the qualifier or in the challenger right. shirt, even on the back of the main draw.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of. I mean, that's been the sort of the basis of. You know, you look at the McKibben four men, you know, they didn't have like a qualifier. They just said, who are some really big entertaining names we can get? Right. They came and the McKibbins just the, f- <laughs> the first profitable event in the last 10
0: years. Well, we don't want them to <laughs> lose. We want them in the finals. People want to watch them. So we're going to make sure they're just starting the semis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's business. It is what it is. If you don't like it, don't sign up. I don't yeah. know.
1: And I think like, things, things will work out. I don't think the schedule's done. No, I no, think no. that they'll have more events. I think that at the end of the day, people no one will be happy. Of course, because hmm. people
0: yeah, right. are you know, entitled to the world vol- now. politicstics. Politics. <laughs> <laughs> like vol- <laughs> but the schedule's not done. Yeah,
1: you know. And if people have a problem with it, I mean the answer, winning solves so many problems in life. You know, if you and your partner are having trouble, winning solves that problem. Right. You know, if you're not making a lot of money, winning
0: solves that problem. Do better. <laughs> <You know? laughs> what do you think it's like in the business world, in the real world? When, when you guys, re- when we retire from volleyball, guys, what do you think it's going to be like? Like yeah. someone's going to be like, just hand you a job with good money that's where you just have to perform at a mediocre level. Yeah. No, you're going to get paid mediocre if you do mediocre work.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I, I hope the events, you know, end up doing great. I hope they're profitable. I yeah. hope they get some fans and they do as well as, you know, as a Formula One did. Right. I think there is potential there because I think the sport is so entertaining. Yeah. You know, my parents don't know anything about volleyball. And the Manhattan Beach Open is my dad's favorite sporting event. <laughs> right. You know, and he's been yeah. to the Masters. Yeah. Oh, and he, wow. Yeah. And he loved coming out to the Manhattan Beach Open. Yeah. You know, the, it, Beach Volleyball just has so many cool things going for it that are unique. That I hope that, you know, it doesn't get, you know, we keep talking about making it super professional. Mm. But I think part of the beauty of it is how you, know, you can finish playing a match, step over the wall, and you're just chatting with fans. With fans, yeah, yeah. No, you know, for sure. And my dad, when we were in New York, um, we walked back to the hotel with Phil and Nick. Right. And my dad, afterwards, he's like,
0: people can't walk back with LeBron. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. So it's, no, totally. I, there's it, so many We got to keep things. that part of the sport for sure. Yeah. I like it.
1: Yeah. So, I think it, I think it'll work itself out. Yeah.
0: Well, and the the with what you just said, like building these personalities, like people that mm-hmm. that people know, you have to introduce the the players to the fans, like in a way so they can buy in and get to know the fans. That's why they did sixteen teams, because like we're gonna focus on sixteen players rather than hundred, right. or However many, you know. Yeah. And we're gonna let everyone know who these sixteen are, and then we're gonna put tournaments where it's just these sixteen in it. Yeah. And people are gonna know them. They're gonna be able to buy into teams, and that's how they emotionally invest mm. in it. And I think it's a good strategy. I
1: think a a good thing that they could do, and hopefully that I can help them do, because I work for Volleyball World, um, is because they have that race to the, the top eight teams at the end. I think it's top eight Planet Championship. Like that, right. And they should absolutely just be hammering that narrative. Like, exactly, what are the standings? Like, that's what we're playing for. Yep. Because everyone, you know, with golf and the FedEx Cup, everyone is following that. Like, that's the big thing now. Yes. Everyone's following the NFL playoff standings. Every event should be.
0: Here's here's where they're at. Right. Oh, someone slid in. If Mm -hmm. they get this finish here, then they slide into the, whatever. And that's that's a narrative that people can 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 follow. We need a Super Bowl. We yeah. need a championship in our sport. Yeah, that's and that's something
1: that we lack. And that's becoming it. I, I think that that has oh, a chance right. to become sort, sort of, and, a, and it's actual like a global, a, a real world championship. Right, right you, know, right. you win the Super Bowl, they're like you're world champs. Right. Well, you're USA champ, are national right. champ. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, no, I agree totally. And I think AVP tour should be like that too. Agreed. We we should there should be a champion at that, not a voting of team of the year award on Instagram, right. like. <laughs> Someone should be holding a freaking trophy with a bonus from a big sponsor and knowing that their name's going down on this trophy yeah. forever. Yeah. At the end of every year. Yeah. Agreed. And, get, and a ring, too. I want a ring. No. <laughs> Either way. Yeah. Sweet. Well, I know Gab's got the studio. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's booked. It's booked. Our time we booked. <laughs> it's, up. it's up? Good to have you back, man. Yeah, man. Good stuff. Good to reunite the team. Happy New Year, everybody. Um, good to, the good things ahead. Yeah. Here we go. We're back. We're back, people. <laughs> Let's go.